0: Up from work podcast. My name My is name Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. All right. Welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 110 of the show. This is where we get to work, making work a passion, living, creative, full-time. So if you're new to the show, we interview creatives, entrepreneurs, small businesses, and musicians, artists, things in the way to talk about doing what you want to do instead of the things that you think you have to do. And so tonight is, uh, is a cool episode here because I met Cody through Zach Brennan, who's been on this podcast before as well. So uh figured that we'd, we'd just keep the chain going here. But I've been working with Cody for, I don't know, man. What's it been? Like a month and a half now? Yeah. Like not,
1: it's been like a minute. Yeah, it's been a little bit.
0: Right? So I've hinted at this a little bit to people on the podcast. But uh, we are working on... We've got some shirts out right now that some of you have been awesome and have bought a shirt before. So thank you for doing that. But we kind of wanted to go a step further and past just like putting the waking up from work podcast like on a shirt, we wanted to make a legit like clothing line more than just like the podcast brand, but like actually like a kind of like a lifestyle streetwear type of thing that is for creative entrepreneurs and freelancers and people like that who want to do their thing and put something on when they wake up that kind of gives them some confidence or says, like, "Hey, this is what I'm fucking doing, and I'm proud of it." And so Cody has been the mastermind for that. But welcome, uh, Cody Weimar or Weimar, if you're feeling German about it. Welcome to, uh, jumping on my show here, man. How's that for, for, uh, working on something now you're a part of it, man. You're going to be up on the website and part of the the podcast and everything.
1: It's exciting, dude. I'm happy to be here and talking with you and working with you on this project. I know we'll have to meet in person
0: one day because we've just been, uh, zoom and uh zoom and connecting stuff like that way
1: it's the future right
0: right man so cody like for i don't think i like even like introduced you right because i was just excited to talk about like what we're working on but it's like for those that don't know cody he is a obviously an apparel designer and he's fucking awesome at it he's also a digital artist and and media maker so Cody, do you want to like tell people a little bit about like what it is that you do, how this all happened, and you got into
1: it, like what's what's Cody Weimar about? Yeah, so um, I've always been into art growing up, and originally, you know, was just drawing on notebooks and things in class, and uh, I was really into to video and and media like that. So I think a lot of my inspiration. For a lot of my stuff that I do personally comes from like movie posters and things like that. Just kind of in the back of my mind, that's how I organize (laughs) texts and elements. But uh, when I was in high school, I got into video stuff and digital media and working in computers and being creative like that and writing storyboards, sketching things. And then when I went over into college, I got into multimedia, which was basically anything under the sun. Uh, from like fine art to digital media, uh video media, animation, stuff like that. The animation stuff, I never really got that into, but it was good to expose myself to it. Interesting. Yeah. And then when I went over to UMass Lowell, this is probably like 2014, I think I went over there after I graduated from NECO. And then when I went over to UMass Lowell, they didn't have like a digital media program. So I kind of got my feet wet in graphic design at NECO when I was there. Beforehand, I never really, or actually, I didn't really know much about design until I went into college. And then when I went over to U Lowell, I went right into a graphic design major, and I didn't really know how intense it was going to be, and it kicked my butt. Really? Um, yeah, it was, it was intense over there. And especially with me, I didn't really have very much of the, uh, the fundamentals, which a lot of the kids that I was in classes with had a really good grasp on. So I had to catch up. I remember one of my teachers told me that I was doing the worst out of the whole group. (laughs) And yeah. Yeah. She was like, you're doing the worst in the class right now. And either you need to step it up or just be a fine artist. And I was like, well, I could do that. Wow. But it was super harsh hearing that. It was super harsh. And, uh, but it was good too, cause it put a fire under my ass, you know, and I was just like, I need to get better and show her that I can exactly. do this.
0: Makes you pissed that you want to like
1: be like, F you, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Right? So like I buckled down the rest of the class. I passed that class and then it felt really great that, uh, like two, two or three years later, I had another class with her and it was, um, history of design. And I ended up getting an A in that class and that class was intense. It was like two weeks long. Every day we had an assignment, every day we had to write a paper about a time period in art and then uh and then make an art piece that goes along with it while being creative. So we had to take like I think one of them was an Egyptian uh like wall painting. Hmm. And that's cool. Yeah, so to make I love it my style on that. Yeah, it was really cool. And and to make it my own, I did it Power Ranger themed. So I drew Power Rangers and made them Egyptian style. Oh and, no uh, way. <laughs> I want to see that then. Yeah. I want to see that design, dude. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. It's one of my better uh hand-drawn uh pieces because I did it completely just by using, you know, inspiration. Um I think I found like some sketch of the Power Rangers drawn in that style and I did my own thing with it. And then I got really into painting too. That's one of my other things that I really enjoy is painting. Surprisingly. Do you, you still paint? Occasionally, yeah. Occasionally. It was more fun in college because I got to use oils and oil paints are way too messy for me to have in the house. So Yeah. Uh, and, and and disposing them is a pain in the butt as well. They're like they get on everything. You can't get it off of anything, and it
0: like gets into things and stays there forever.
1: Yep, I still right. have stained things. Like, and I took the painting class probably like, geez, six years ago now. Something your like that.
0: your story for like getting into uh, school and like getting into it sounds like extremely similar to mine, man. Where like I I'm sorry for people that I have told it to on the podcast before, but it's like I am a drummer. That's like what I've done my whole life, and I was a really bitchy drummer in high school where like I would only do drums like my my teacher was trying to be a good dude and like get me into like vibes and mallets and like all these other things to like make me learn theory and get an ear and like do these things and i'd be like i play drums like i'm gonna play the drum set i'm gonna play the snare drum i'm gonna play these cool shit and i'm not playing any of your stupid shit and i would just i was a total dickhead about it but then i was like oh i want to be a music major and then like I didn't have any of that stuff. So it's like, I I went to school for audio, but you had to declare an instrument still. And when you declared the instrument, I thought that that might be enough to like skate me through and I'll just focus on this audio stuff. But then like, no, four years of music theory, four years of like hardcore, like music history, counterpoint, like just some crazy ass shit. And like my first year, I took like three months of piano and like sight reading over the mm-hmm. summer getting ready for college and then dude i just got dumped on like they yeah. just like absolutely shit on me people like already had these skills that i had i didn't even know what they were talking about i was like in class i was like i have no fucking idea what you're talking about and then my teachers also did the same thing to me where some of them would be like do you want to be a music major or like what, like are you fucking around here and they're like oh and 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 once you get that and then then like it that was so Big for me, man. For someone to say those types of things to me, because I'm really competitive and aggressive when that stuff happens, and that totally lit me up. Where I would just be in there till two. I would be like waking up early. I would just. I was like, I'm not messing around. I'm gonna be better than any anyone around here doing this shit because I'm pissed right now.
1: That's that's how you gotta be. And funny actually, I didn't mention it earlier, but I was a music major for a little bit too. Hmm. So I uh, when at I was UMass? in not at UMass, Lowell at NECO. Word. That's awesome. uh, They basically over there were training you to get into UMass Lowell, which is awesome school. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that I got in when I did. I mean, it helped me out a lot. And uh, yeah, but it was funny because I at Necco, I took a ton of theory classes, took every music class I could take uh, at high school before I left. and when I went over to, to U Lowell, I tried to, I needed to get a couple of electives. And I asked to take like Theory 2. And the advisor was like, why are you taking, why are you trying to take that? You're not a music major. And I'm like, well, I, that's, <laughs> like I like music. And she like rolled her eyes at me and was just like confused. <laughs> I was just <laughs> like, really? It's like, I ended up doing uh, a different Art class, you know, instead. But yeah, I don't know. I, I music has always been a huge part of my life as well. And my goal as I went through uh, school for design was I wanted to work with musicians. If I wasn't going to be on stage, I wanted to be a part of the process. So, like, album artwork, um, t shirts, uh, any kind of like promotional material. That was what I wanted to do. That was like the dream, and uh, it was crazy, dude. When I was in college, i was I was doing college full time, so it was like eight in the morning till like three or four in the afternoon was my day every day, except for Friday. I had Fridays off, and I was yeah, I was working like thirty hour weeks at Subway. Oh my god! And I was in a band too. Sucks. So. I don't know how I juggled all that. I didn't have a life, but I mean, I was doing things that I loved. So I guess that's, well, except for Subway. <laughs> except for Subway, <laughs> but like everything else I loved. And uh, we, I opened for Killswitch Engage once. I played the main stage at the Palladium. No shit. That was like the most wild experience to like be 15 and going to see shows at the Palladium and being like, Watching Kill Switch on that stage and then being on that stage, it was insane. That's crazy, man. I played the um upstairs at the Palladium. I've never played that main stage though. I played the upstairs all the time, but I played downstairs once. I mean, it was at like twelve thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> but like Big it festival. Was, Yeah, it was sick though. It was yeah. it was dope. Dude, those those festivals
0: still were like legit i I played one in Manchester, I think it was at like the Coliseum, and I opened up for like Vanna and Texas in July, and like a bunch of these dope bands and there was still there were still probably a thousand two thousand people there, and Damn. that those shows you're like I don't know that like i i uh I had fun man I, I really had fun playing that type of shit, so I know exactly like i I went to the palladium like crazy, so to be on that stage downstairs like that probably felt nuts even though their sound system is a big piece of trash yeah i couldn't hear <laughs> shit dude I it's couldn't infamous hear dude every band always bitches about that afterwards on on social or if you talk to them or something it's like infamous that like the palladium has like the nastiest shows and like people go the nuts there but they have the worst sound system and you have no idea what's going on like all the monitors it, are blown and everything oh, just a dude. piece of shit
1: for sure yeah dude i had the biggest fucking monitor i've ever seen next to my head and i couldn't hear anything yeah exactly dude
0: it looks legit it looks like you're gonna know exactly what's happening and then you just hear it and you're like
1: what's going on like what is that (laughs) my uh so there was a photographer there in the pit uh in the photographer line and he took a photo of me and i literally like in the photo look like I looked so perplexed and confused because I was trying to figure out where we all were and I couldn't hear anything. So like my drummer at the time commented on it and he was like, it looks like you're thinking, oh no, did I leave the oven on? (laughs) Dude, there's sometimes like, there's so many band faces
0: and things like that. Like there's so many, uh, like people have a face that's like their face when they know that they're killing it. And it's always weird too. They're like doing their like, they're like, yeah, you dude. know what I mean? Like, they're doing something weird. And then there's always like the faces of, like, I don't know what is fucking happening right now. And I am desperately trying to figure out what that is. And there's like that face too. And my wife at this point has seen me play enough times. She knows everything that I'm, she knows everything that's happening. Like, if I, if I played a wrong chord or like I dropped my sticker, like I'm out of tune or I don't know where I'm at. She knows exactly like which one of those things is happening at this point because she's watched me for so long now and dealt with my shit. Like after I get off the stage and I'm bitching about, it, I'm like, oh my God. Fucking had no idea what I was doing, whatever. So it's funny how people have like band, they have like playing faces.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh it's true. I, I have I have faces that I make too and I don't even realize that I do it. Exactly. Like in my head, in my head, I'm like up there and I'm playing my thing and I'm like, Oh dude, everybody's probably looking at me like I'm dumb. And I don't know what I'm doing and like doing my thing. And then there was this dude that, uh, he's a good friend of mine and he came to the show cause I was playing with him and then there were none for a while. And, uh, oh, I still yeah. talk to all those. Yeah. That they, uh, awesome. they hit Indeed. me up. I still talk to them like every day. They're really great guys. And I'm happy that I, I was a part of their, uh, their return show. And then we started tracking a little bit and, uh, we played a show in New York, and my friend came out to see me for that, which was really cool that he came out to New York. And uh, I came off stage, and I was like, "Ah, oh, dude, like I don't know, like I I screwed this up and this and that." There, you know, you're not gonna play perfect 100 percent of the time. Yeah, it's pretty hard. Yeah, and uh, I was like, I probably looked like a goof. He's like, Dude, you looked like a rock star, bro. And I'm like, What? And he's like, Dude, you completely like it was like you're you flipped a switch in your brain. You're like, I'm on stage now on stage time, you know, like, and I don't move around a whole lot, but I, I've i been told that I have, like, a power stance, you know, like... Okay. Because <laughs> I, I just try to focus on not screwing the notes up, you know? I am the opposite. I, like, don't... It's really bad because, obviously, like,
0: I'm a musician and an audio guy, but I, like, only focus on stage presence, and I very often fuck up everything. But it seems to be, like... Like I've gotten seven stitches in my head when I was playing and I bled down my, my face and like filled up some poor kid's house show garage with blood. And like I, I've, I'm doing crazy shit like that. And, and usually it's like people are fine with the mess ups because it's like such a, you're just like, what is going on? You know what I mean? Well, that's, but, um,
1: that's part of it. Dude. But it's the
0: opposite. Like I bet you, you play way better quality music than I do because I'm just an
1: idiot. Well, you gotta do a little. Like, I love Lions Lions for that reason. Oh, like so good live, dude! And like, they're incredible, man. Insane, and they 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 put on the show. And that that's, I guess, something I need to work myself up to if I end up getting to play more shows at that level again. Hopefully, at some point, I'm trying to I'm trying to hit the boys up, trying to be like, yo, let's get this back together again. Let's do this. But uh, yeah, COVID COVID really screwed all that up. It's coming back, man. People are booking shows. To go back to design, the time I spent honing in yeah. on t-shirt design, uh, like school really focused on print work, which it's not completely phased out, but there's definitely a lot less of that work out there. And me being in bands, I ended up getting this really good opportunity to work for this company, and I was working crazy, crazy. It became my life. And um, I got to work with some pretty really pretty cool artists, uh, making merch for them. I was doing t-shirts for Set It Off and stuff uh, for for a while, and I became like the guy, which was pretty sweet. Um, I That's worked cool. on a lot of their merch drops, and I really fell in love with it. I really fell in love with merchandise design and apparel and all that. And now I'm just I'm doing it freelance and working with you. And uh, it's been great. I, I honestly like feel super lucky to be where I am right now. Uh, Cause a lot of people just give up and it's not easy doing this, especially now with it being kind of like a dream job for artists everywhere. It's like, it's awesome to be able to do it. But the thing is, I think what separates people that end up giving up and people that, that really stick with it, like for two years, I was searching for a job yeah every time I would go to an interview, I'd have like a panic attack, and I've had some nightmare stories with interviews that have gone gone awry, and there'd be situations where I'd get out of the interview and I'd just sit in my car and I'd be like, Do I really want to do this? do I want to keep like it it takes a lot to be able to put yourself out there like that and yeah. to be rejected and to have but well, in my head, I was like, all right, I've got a degree. I've had all this experience doing, you know, all this stuff in college. Like, I'm good to go, you know? Yeah, yeah. But there was also that fear of like, oh, geez, when I get this job, I'm going to have to like show them I can do this, you know? And it, that was also scary. So thankfully, the situation that I got for my first job after all that job hunting was a very kind of relaxed environment. And the first handful of things I did, in hindsight weren't really that great but that's part of the process because like I was thrown into a situation where I needed to get things done right like quick quick you know like let's get this rolling like I need a merch spread done tomorrow you know which Damn. meant like let's like, go like, right yeah like Damn. 20 designs 20 30 designs usually on a on a spread uh, and on different types of clothing so I would do probably like eight like 5 to 8 different actual different designs and then throw it on, you know, shirts, pants, like shorts, hoodies, all the stuff. And sometimes you'd have to change it slightly depending on what kind of garment you put it on. So yeah. Uh, There's
0: a lot of, that's coming at you quick, dude.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was intense, dude. And, um, but it was a really great, uh, it was a really great experience and I learned how to, how to work quick how to figure things out quick, uh, think on my toes, how to come up with creative ideas really quick, yeah. which is probably the hardest thing because you can't, you can't quantize ideas coming to you. So like, I guess yeah. my, my, uh, my process is I, I look at a ton of different things that interest me when it comes to working with bands. There's this guy that I, I look up to this guy, David Carson, And he's part of what was the grunge movement. But he worked on this magazine called Raygun. And basically, they let him do whatever he wanted. And I was fascinated by that. Because he took all the rules, all the graphic design rules, and flipped them. And he was like, I don't follow rules. I do things with type that makes it harder to read just to do it. He's like, this looks great. I'm going to do it. I don't care about what other people think. And he did really, really well. He ended up working for like Pepsi, Nike. He still does work all the time. And wow, it's, man. It's, it's impressive, dude, because like he really, there was a couple other guys. It's not just, it wasn't just him working on that magazine. There was just I'm something. To a, check out his stuff, man. Yeah, you should definitely. He's got a book. He has this class on masterclass, which I kind of want to sign up for that like new teaching uh, platform yeah where he goes into typefaces that he uses and the quote is that he really listens to it and the thing that he focuses on is how the art makes you feel when you look at it and how it ties in feel wise to the music feel from the band so Mm. like when he was doing stuff for nine inch nails it was very stark and kind of dark and ominous like open a lot of open space yeah because that music is very ominous and especially with the vibe so he did like a couple of things i think he did the cover for the fragile okay um and he did like a cover for for like a live dvd that came out but uh but yeah, I kind of take that into consideration when I'm when I'm looking through things, and uh, in the back of my mind, I think as an artist, there's there's just aesthetically pleasing things that you don't really th- consciously think about, but they end up making their way into the stuff that you make. Um, you said
0: like a bunch of things in this string of things that you were saying that I like want to touch on. Like, yeah. First of all, before I forget it, because I know that I can go back to what I was thinking, but on this current piece right here, I like how you're talking about like they brought this guy on for design and then he was basically like, I don't really care what you guys think. I'm going to just do this thing because like this is what I'm feeling for. And like, uh, and then he ends up in these brands like Pepsi and like these big brands. And what's interesting about art like that is you can, you, you cannot get to the things that like are doing well and, and like these big brands and stuff like that, whether you you like big brands or not. It's like that's success. That's a piece of success. Like being yeah. able to like touch that, that means that something's working. Whether you want to be a part of them or not, that's a different story. But it's just like I bet you initially a bunch of these people from Pepsi or whatever brands he's working on, I bet you initially they're like, I hate this guy's stuff. Like I'm not not cool with this or like look in the magazines you'd be like this is stupid like you can't even read this this is ridiculous yeah but people that are disruptive are not liked initially a lot but then it's cool because they're the only one doing it or because it's like really fucking unique and like i i believe in 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 things like that where like you might be getting feedback initially be like i hate this like this is so frustrating like i this is so doesn't make any sense like no one does this does doesn't no one does this thing you know what i mean and then all of a sudden when you've been doing it but like it is working for micro brands like little projects and things that you're doing like the people are pumped about it something's right about it and like you have to be disruptive to be good and to be the next flavor you can't like like i i i, I think about this for me for music all the time where when i'm trying to write music for myself I, I, it has, to, I have to be so careful where like I'm influenced by bands and artists all the time. Everyone's influenced by people. Yeah. And it's a total different thing to like be influenced by that. And then when you're writing, you just write the music or you just like be influenced by these artists. When you're making, you just make your art, but you can't copy it because it's like that's flavor right now. But mm-hmm. like if you try to copy that and write or like make designs that same way then you're already boring because people are listening to that or they're watching it right now. So you have to like be influenced by these things that are like keeping you fresh and keeping things modern, keeping things happening and then just keep fucking doing you like keep doing your thing that makes you who you are. Like being Cody who has played in these bands before and loves movie posters and has done the, like that, there's something that's making you up, like that, that makes up who you are from your life experiences that other people, that's never happened to. There's something about me, like loving business, but I used to play in hardcore bands and get seven stitches. And I, and I love, do, like, and I want to work on apparel, even though I fucking live on a farm. It's just like everyone has their own story in the way that they got brought up with all these experiences that get baked into like who they are. You can get influenced by these things, but being disruptive is like being you and just being influenced by the things that influence you, and then fucking releasing it anyway. And like that's like really cool when people can get past their own psyche of someone shitting on their stuff initially, or like getting shit on initially because it's different. Like, and then they're they're really ripping it, and then all of a sudden these brands take notice and they're like, "Fuck, that stuff is really cool. It's different." blah, Blah blah. And then all of a sudden the narrative changes, but they just they were doing their thing the whole time. It's just because they we're being them. So I like love all of that story. I'm going to have to check out this guy. Another thing that you said was how you've been working on this. It's not an easy thing, but it's like the people that like keep doing it. Like it's not easy to just keep doing it, but like that matters. And it's like, I tell people all the time because I run a show on talking about living creative full time and going after your shit. And, uh, I have a day job and I, and I have, uh, I've been doing stuff for like, you know, I I started out doing things. I had no money. You know, I worked some jobs that helped me pay for like a like an additional education that was like that was helpful for me through like Berkeley. And I almost bought another recording studio. I went like way into a deal and almost bought a recording studio in a business that was like functioning and that didn't work out. And now I'm here today trying to build my own studio and it's not there yet, but it's like, it's, but like it's, it's right on the horizon, but it's like, this has been six to eight years of work, dude. This has been six to eight years of like continually still being, working on this, being like, this is what I want to do with my life. This is the thing that I'm going to do. And I'm going to do this thing. And then when those things fall apart where you're like, I don't get to buy this or like, I'm not quitting my day job yet or like whatever. You're working at Subway through fucking school, you're doing this shit. The people who get to survive in these creative businesses are the people that are there long enough to see that someone said yes to them. People that that quit like six years in or four years in, it just, it just like it absolutely tears me apart, man, because there are people saying yes to them and they just like don't listen to it. There's people saying yes, saying like, hey, this is gonna work out because people are saying yes to me or they're hiring me right now or whatever. And then they quit or something like that that sucks
1: yeah like i've I've had friends that have just kind of let go due to you know them needing to i mean I guess it's it's whatever is best for you as a person, but yeah. it's just sad to see people that I went to school with that just kind of give up, you know, yeah, and uh you get in your head, especially being a creative because you're putting yourself out there, and it sucks to to have somebody tell you that it it's not good. Like it sucks to have somebody tell you, like, uh, you know, you, you're not you're not doing the work right, or like we don't think that you can do this. And I, I guess it's just like you just got to keep you just got to keep doing it. And um, there's always going to be people that aren't going to like you, and you can't you can't help that. And it's just it's just a matter of fact. Like there's going to be people that don't like what you do. But the key is that you keep doing it long enough that somebody who actually appreciates what you do ends up seeing what you do. And that's that's right. That's what matters. So that's just my my mindset and I'm and I'm lucky that I have the opportunity to to continue chasing it cuz some people just can't, you know, whatever uh whatever things they have Chewing at them financially or emotionally, and they, they can't keep going for it or yep. or you know they need to put it on a back burner for for a time, like thankfully i I've, I've had the opportunity to continue and to to bet on myself, and that, that's the whole point. you need to bet you need to bet on yourself, and that's what I've been doing. It's kind of worked out. I mean I, I've had some pretty cool opportunities, so hopefully they keep coming. I've done a couple of freelance uh, album covers for people. Some clothing lines. Well, some clothing lines. Some clothing designs. Now you're working this, on a clothing line. Boom. I'm working on a clothing line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's been cool. Uh, I, my favorite thing is when it's all said and done, seeing it on an actual shirt. That's my favorite thing. It's just like so satisfying. And to be able to really see it and touch it and have it there physically. It's, it's so great, you know same thing with music, like when you finally finish a song and it's a hundred percent, like people all the band on their
0: on their car radio or something like that, or like, yeah, I remember the time where I got just my heart melted, dude, I was in it, it was it wasn't like it's probably not a big deal to a ton of you out there It was a huge deal for me that day i had uh I was in like a grocery store in like Pennsylvania or something, I was like not. Uh, you know for those out there i live in I lived in New Hampshire most of my life. I'm in Maine now, but I was in like a grocery store in Pennsylvania or something, and there was someone that i, I walked down the aisle and I saw someone with my band's back patch on. I was like, "No fucking way on there on this random kid's jean vest. there's my back patch, and I was like, "Oh my God, I made it. Someone was just totally random in a different state that's like consider it for me, it felt far away." had that back patch on, I like went up to like, I almost hugged the kid like out of the blue, which probably would have been bad, but I was like, oh my God, what's up? Like that, that like lit me up. And it's like, that's a very simple thing. But like that meant so much to me to see anyone appreciate any shit that I did creatively in any way where it meant something to them. That like is the bomb.
1: It's awesome. It's such a good feeling, you know? Um, it really goes to show, too, that like you may think that you don't have that much of a uh, like an influence on random people around you, but like you do. Like you ma- you make impressions on people everywhere you go. Yeah, like good or bad, good right? or bad. Yeah, you need to be aware of it. The with the band stuff that I've done, like there were situations where, like, when we were doing shows, like every week, multiple days a week, like you you're you're sitting there just waiting to play. And a lot of the times I would just be like sitting there kind of sulking because it's a lot of work, you know, like you're doing, and especially what I was doing with everything that was on my plate. Like I would sometimes just sit there and space out and not interact with the other bands and not really talk to people. And that's the whole, that's the big, that's a big thing is like talking to people all the time and just, you know, making connections. because in I was doing vocals for a band for a while and I was still going out to shows after they kicked me out. And everybody that was coming up to me always had such nice things to say. And it really made me feel good even though I was like a little shy and insecure going to these shows knowing that they had let me go. It felt good. It felt really good. Batman.
0: So like for people out there that This this has been a stupid learning curve for me. And I've I've apologized to you a million times, Cody, where like I've never tried to make like a a clothing line. I just like have wanted to forever, which is why I'm very lucky to have you on my team and creating this stuff with and for me, you know. But for people that like are into like working on anything like that, even just like band merch and stuff, like what type of process do you usually have people go through to kind of start trying to think that way? If they, if that's not their background, how do they kind of think about that?
1: Um, what I usually ask is things that they and things that visually they enjoy, uh, the type of music they make, what kind of fonts they like, things like that. I try to, to use this process and it doesn't always, 100% of the time, work smoothly, but since my freelance stuff, I've been talking to clients more, and I usually ask them, like, all right, this, this, is my, this is my first step. My first step is getting to know you, getting to know the band, getting to know the sound and stuff like that. And then the second step, I usually go and compile some things that I visually enjoy and things that I think fit the vibe for what they, go, what they are going for. And uh, it's called a, a, a mood board, basically. It's just like a collage of things that I enjoy and I think that they would enjoy. And then once I get that all set up, I have some inspiration and things to springboard off of. And then I just kind of get into it and I I do things quick. Like I get into these these modes where I'll just work nonstop on something for two hours and bang it out. And I think I have that mindset because of the spot that I kind of like, carved my teeth with yeah and how fast i had to work over there um because we had really crazy hard deadlines there would be times where i needed to get something done like by the end of the day like by five o'clock and it was like four wow. and he'd be like you need to get this done now and i'd be like all right like sometimes i'd go home and finish it and send it over because i worked for my laptop but for those bigger for the bigger clients that we had where like we were talking with their manager and and you know how Hollywood is it's just like go 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 all the time right now let's do it. Oh yeah. So I had to deal with that. Thankfully, I didn't really have to talk to the to the to the manager directly cuz I I heard, you know, he was kind of hard to work with, which is unfortunately how things are frequent frequent. Yeah. But, you know, once they get to that point, I basically I'll send over a spreadsheet of the designs on the clothing so they can get a visual of how it's going to look when it's printed. And then we go back and forth. Sometimes it's a little easier than other times. Depends on on the scope of the project. Hopefully, you know, I can hit what they're they're going for. I've only had one instance where uh, it just didn't work out and they went with a different designer that worked in the company. But, you know, I just think the reason why that didn't work out is because I didn't really have a good understanding of what they were going for and they weren't very good at communicating what they were going for.
0: That's like most of it, I feel like, with any of this stuff is how well are you able to communicate between both parties of what is happening? Because it's like you and me, we both have our own flavor when we like, when I work on music or you work on design, we have our own flavor anyway, innately, that like there's probably certain people out there that. Wouldn't work on us straight up because like we have a flavor that's not going to ever make sense with them like that's just how everyone is, right but like at the yeah. same time, whenever like I have like a million mixed revisions or like I send like if someone has me write music custom for like something and I send it back and they're just like, I hate this the any any time that that has ever happened it's been like i no matter how many questions i ask like i cannot understand like what they're trying to get me to do and that's when like stuff is not good but like when people are like able to come together where like they have a vision that's in their head and they already hear it they already, or they already see it to some degree and you need to help them get it out of there it's like you have to like get enough information so that you know what they're trying to get and then you can kind of like vibe on it but it's like whenever that communication's bad those are the only times projects have been bad is like when the communication is like not working for some reason. And those are usually the clients where it's like, mutually you kind of like have to walk away because like neither of you is going to be able to get what you want out of a situation, which sucks. Yeah. It's not fun. Like no one's yeah. happy to have that happen, but it's like, it's what's best for the project because it's like something's not working when that happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was rough, but that's part of also like the, you know, the learning curve and that not everybody's going to like your designs, you know, and, I remember the like the first spread I did uh, was for this guy that did some track with Justin Bieber or something like that.
0: That's but, sick.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool. He had like a feature. The first the first spread I sent them, they were like, "This is bad." They didn't they didn't like any of it. Like oh. <laughs> literally, my first day, that was my first assignment, and they were like, "This is not good." Damn. So my second day when I came in, they were like, "Yeah, I came back. They didn't like it." So I redid it and i was a lot happier with the stuff i did the second time around and they ended up really digging it so i mean it's it's just like it sucked hearing that like yeah. it it crushed me to have somebody say this isn't good but that's part of the thing like if you just listen to that and get defeated by it that that ruins your career and that's why i think a lot of people drop out at, that that's that's part of being resilient And being creative, like you have to be vulnerable, and that's just part of part of being able to do it for a living is to to have that tough skin and just to keep going. And you have to, yeah, do it better next time. You can't
0: take it like personally too, because you're doing a creative for a business. It's like when the client doesn't like it; it's like it's not my song. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I, they hired me for like a reason. So like, I'm never like, I don't, I don't just like not say anything. If I like feel something, I'm like, Hey, I really hate this part. I really love this part, whatever it is. Like I'm pretty vocal to say like my opinion, but at the end of the day, there are some times where like someone wants to add something or there's something in it. it just drives me fucking crazy. And I'll, I will say it. I'll be like, Hey, I really don't like this bugging the shit out of me. But if they're like, I love it. I just love it. Then I'm never gonna be like, we're not putting it in. Like I, I worked with engineers that did that to me sometimes where they're like, it's not gonna be in there. I'm like, I want it in there, I'm paying you. And they're like, it's not going in. And you're like, What? So it's like as a as for us, like as like a creative professional, it's like it is also the client, it's the the the, the client is your boss when you're freelancing. It's like the client is the boss. Yeah. And and I uh but but I totally get it. When you're making anything, even if you're making it for someone else, it's like that's still a piece of you. So it's like when people just straight up all in don't like it, you're like, damn, hurts for a yeah. You know, so you have to like, it's hard, but like as I've done it for longer, I'm better at not taking it personally at all and just being like, okay, that's cool. And like trying something like, just like you probably like, you're probably like, shit, I don't want to hear that. But then the next day you did something totally different. And then they're like, I love this. And you're like, great.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing that I had to learn as I got into it is to not take it personally you know And takes a little bit of time doing it yeah it's tough it's tough like uh, it was it was weird because there was this there was this kid that we hired and he was like another designer that we we took on and he was working on this this like flyer image for like three days when push came to shove and he showed it to the manager of the band he was like no Oh. And the kid was like super upset. And then my art director was talking to him and he was like to, to the manager and he was like, Wait, can't we just like keep this and put on a shirt or something? And he was like on the phone with him at the time with me and the other dude in the room. Speaker phone? Yeah, on speaker phone. And when he asked him if we could hold on to it for a t-shirt, he was like, no. And the kid just, he, he looked crushed. Oh, shit. And it was very uncomfortable. For me and for my art director, and like eventually, eventually tensions calmed down and things were things were okay. But I got to to witness how I felt a couple months earlier, like watch someone, watch
0: someone else watch it like play out.
1: Yeah, that's weird, huh? You're it like, was fit. Oh this is me. It was funky, dude. It was funky. And then and then I got to be the guy to be like, you know, it's okay. Like we'll just keep going. Don't take it personally. Like and the kid, he was a, he's a super, super talented illustrator, which is something that I wish I was better at doing. Uh, I, I would say I'm I'm pretty decent at it, but I'm a compositionalist. I'm like a I'm a typesetter. I love typography. Making the whole thing collecting elements, I guess kind of like a collagist. I guess I I work kind of differently than a, a lot of other people work, I guess, because uh, I kind of work impulsively and I just mm. take elements from things and compose it certain ways.
0: But I think that's, what's cool about your style, man is like, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Like I love that. I love that impulsive, that impulsive element of your designs because some of the like, I was asking you earlier, I was like, where the fuck did you find that text? You know, where'd you find that like font or something? You're, and you get into like this mode and you're just like, this is the thing and this is the thing. And, and that like rawness is like what is probably
1: part of like, your vibe. Yeah, I, I would definitely say that everything, everything I do, I feel like conveys a lot of emotion and i can't i can't help that like when it comes to hand drawing when it comes to paintings when it comes to music yeah it's very like i put my heart on my sleeve kind of vibe subjective um, is a big part of creative like yeah there is like ob- there's subjective
0: and objective creativity in like every and everything there's like completely different ways to be creative but subjective is something that human emotion humans connect with a lot you know, like we we can be objective about things and we can like visually portray that or musically portray objectivity of like this is just an environment. It has nothing to do with feeling or anything. This is a thing that happens. But ultimately it's like people look for that subjective. They're trying to understand things and we communicate and we like work in groups of people and like this is just who we are. Like this is how we function. So I find that like subjectivity, that's like uh, when you see these songs that like the songs are like two chords, three chords max, and the song lyrics seem really simple, but sometimes they just like smash, like people are just like all in on it. It's because of that subjectivity where it's like it's not that it's complicated or hard to play or crazy, but those lyrics are the simple thing about it. Like people are all in on, like, I am attached to that. And so I, I, I vibe with, uh, with pushing, pushing, putting your heart out on your sleeve. I try to, I try to do that. It's a good thing. Yeah.
1: I, I tend to gravitate towards highly emotional songs and, and pieces of art just in general. So I think that's probably why I end up making things kind of like that. Totally, man. So I have like one more question
0: and then I have to... Cap this thing out and ask like a. I have five questions I ask at the end, man. But, uh, one question I have just because I want to tie back to it. Like for people that are ever hitting up like a designer like you, what are some things that they can do to either prep or think about it differently? So to make it so that they are communicating those things effectively to you, what are some things that you find are helpful that people can think or do differently when they're trying to connect with you, where you're like, tell me these things or think about this way to get this information to me. So I create your brand.
1: Definitely like what their target audience is. The main overall theme for, for the brand, for the band, whatever it is, Um, things that they love. Like, ideally I would like for whoever is hitting me up to, to create kind of like a visual map in their mind of an aesthetic that they gravitate towards. So that way kind of takes a little bit of the guessing work out of it for me. Sure. Um, Sometimes most of the time, you know, if it's a situation where I I can actually see some of the other visuals that they've, they've already established, uh, that helps. So I can kind of already have that mapped out in my head. Yeah. And then you know what kind of kind of fonts they like. Most people don't really get that far. Uh, I'm super into fonts, so to be able to uh, sometimes too, I even make a separate piece to just like have a list of all the fonts, just like the name of whatever it is in like ten, fifteen different fonts, Sure. and send that over so they can pick out which ones they like. But um, I guess just. Like being quick with responses is is huge, as well for getting things getting things done. Um, and then you know, like how we've done it, where we've been working on this for a while, and we we chat. I think the video chats have been helping a lot because we can spitball ideas in person they help, they instead help of me just, a lot. Yeah, to
0: like talk it out with you instead of like I. uh I need I like need that some for some reason like when Meg Meg and I are like working on like renovation stuff we can talk about like some framing thing or like design thing or something but like I have to like be in the space and look around at what she's talking about or else I get like flustered and I'm like I don't know what you're doing that was yeah. like the same way where like when I I want to be like hey look at this design Cody or like what do you think about this thing or like that was helpful for me just the way that I think that I needed that
1: yeah. Yeah, I think that that's key is just being easy to talk to. And then when it comes to revisions, don't just tell me that you don't like it. Like (laughs) you got to explain things, you know? Yeah, I don't like like it. Yeah, that was the thing. Like when we were doing critiques in college, they were like, all right, so we'd put all our work up on the board and then we'd be like, okay, explain what you like and what you don't like and how somebody can improve this. Mm. and I can't tell you how many times it's happened to me when I've been like designing, even when I was trying to design t-shirts for the band I was in where like, I would show them the design and they'd just be like, yeah, we're not really that into it. And be like, all right, like work with me on it. Like there was a time when I was like, let me design the merch for this, for the band. And they were like, well, dude, why don't we get this guy or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I am not spending money on having somebody else do work for this band when our budgets are already tight and I can do it for free for you guys. And I honestly like, shouldn't be doing it for free, but I was like, I'll be, I'll be doing it for free just so we can get something there and have something to sell. Right. And, uh, they just, I would send them things and they'd be like, we're not into it. And I'd be like, just explain to me like what you want. Like I'm pretty versatile. What
0: makes you not into this right now?
1: Yeah. Tell me
0: about it if it's like everything then like explain what all of the things are is it the colors is it this character is it the font is it the placement like what is bothering you about this exactly
1: right? exactly so yeah needless to say i think that was part of the reason why i ended up uh leaving the band um because of situations like that but also it's like to 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 keep it going with with communication it's definitely like a huge thing. I, I just I think sometimes too people don't people don't really understand how to communicate what they don't like. And that's just part of it. Like I part of the part of the critique process too when, when I was in college was that they would be like don't just say you like it. Say what you like mm. about it. Yes. You know, what they could do what they could do better next time. Like details. Not just subjective, like this is black and white. Like, yeah.
0: Cause mm-hmm. why you like it is important too, dude, to be like, yeah. what, what things is making this good? So I, I'll keep doing that in the future and I'll incorporate that into more things. But like if I, if you're just like, I like it, sometimes even like when, when you bl- ask for like blind feedback like that, people are like, I like it. You don't even believe it as a creative because you're like, I don't like, that's so hollow to me. You're like, yeah. I like it. And you're like, It's like they didn't say anything, man. You're like, the fuck? Like Like, what's I like what? Do you like the vocals? Do you like the drums? Do you like the vibe? Or like this whatever. Do you like the you know what I mean? Like when we're working on ours, there's like a lot of that like Japanese font and there's like a lot of like floral pieces for the starting drop. And it's like I'm like, hey, I like those elements. Like I like this thing. I like that. And then like some of the font spots or something would be like, Hey, I just this is bugging me or whatever. It's like I'm trying trying to communicate those things because I know what it's like to be
1: on the uh, other side. I'm sure I'm still not doing a perfect job at it. Well, I mean, I think we've, we work together pretty well in that we have an open, open communication. And yeah. yeah, I think you genuinely like the stuff that I've been creating. I do. So like even the things that you didn't like initially, you weren't like rude about saying that you didn't like it. You were just like this isn't doing it for me, maybe rethink that. And I was just like, all right, cool. And that that's the whole point is that like it's not going to be perfect the first time. Yeah. And no. it you know, it's, it's a process.
0: Yeah, man. It's been awesome working with you.
1: Will say that to you people
0: out there. So check out Cody's stuff. He's he's awesome to work with. All right, Thanks, man. man. <laughs> I've got um five questions that I got to ask you cuz I ask every person that's been on the stinking show. So you ready for that?
1: Fire them away.
0: They're pretty quick. They're pretty like, um, I don't know, they, you can think about it, but you don't have to think too bad on it. So first question you talked about kind of on the show already, just saying like that you, you've worked through a lot of stuff to keep doing this. Like this is clearly something that matters to you. Why do you wake up every day? and like try this hard to do this thing instead of any other thing that you could possibly do in the world? Like, why is this the thing?
1: I've always loved art and being creative. It's like the only thing that I know how to do and working in jobs that I've hated and just thinking about living a life that you just, you work something and you, you just hate it. And then you go and and you do things that you love in your spare time i I want to be able to do things that I enjoy mm. and get paid for it when I'm actually in a design job, sometimes it doesn't even feel like work like it's just it it is work, but it's things that I'd be doing in my free time anyways
0: exactly only it's like it's work because like you did eight to ten hours and you're tired afterwards, and you're like when you've been doing something for a long period of time, there are times you're like, I want to go outside or I want to go eat food or like, you just like don't want to do that thing right now. But at the end of the day, you're like, if I wasn't doing this here, I would just go home and then do this somewhere else. And like, yeah. I, that's the dream, man. That's what the point of this show is, is is to talk about people doing that after it and, and hopefully help some people out there do it too. Because this is, I will, uh, I will do anything to have that. Mm-hmm. I'll do anything to keep that so
1: i was teaching guitar for a little while too and i was like i'm never gonna be a teacher super lame like i want to be just doing metal and just like being crazy and i only did it partially uh like part-time like part-time and but i loved it and it was funny because i when I was in college, I was like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to do it. But then at the end of the day, it's just like me sitting there playing guitar and getting paid. Yeah. You know? And that was also kind of a dream as well.
0: It's pretty awesome as well. So along the way, say you could take a lesson and give it to someone, but they didn't have to go through the shit that you dealt with to get that lesson. What would be like the worst thing that you did along the way? You're like, if you could get this lesson and it would be as impactful for you from the experience, but you didn't have to deal with it, what's something you don't recommend people do? You're like, hey, it sucked. Stay away.
1: Uh but my, my learning curve when it came to to trying to get a job is like when you just get out of college, like some people were I wasn't like at my peak, and I probably still am not like at my creative peak, but I went into interviews just thinking like I've gone to school for this. I've got a degree. I'm just going to get a job right away. I didn't really prepare as well as I should have, and I got chewed out for it. Yes, like you, you have to prepare. Uh, this one dude, I went to this really horrible interview once, and I I started off. I showed up in his office. I was nervous, so I didn't know where the office was. I ended up asking somebody uh, in 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 the space. I was like, "Where is this?" I'm supposed to be and I asked a, a, a random person that and the owner of the business ended up being right there so right away oh, no. I looked like a weenie you know what I mean oh, no. yeah so he told me to go up to his office I went to his office I sat down I was wearing regular sneakers and this is my experience I've I've heard alternate experiences but this really impacted me and what ended up happening was he gave me uh, he started off the interview giving me a lip about the shoes I was wearing. Really? He's like, you're the first dude to come in here wearing sneakers. Why Why are you doing that? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it threw me for a loop and I was also wearing like a baseball cap because my hair was messy. And he was like, and threw you're you wearing a right hat. Away. Yeah. Threw me off, dude. I, I should have just bowed out, but I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. So I just sat there. And-
0: <laughs> it's probably good though. It's probably a good learning thing, I guess.
1: Yeah, I let him read me out and he was like everybody comes in here wearing a suit and you're not wearing a suit, what's the deal with that? And beforehand I was like I'm not going to wear a suit, that's lame. My, right? you know. Yeah. And uh it's that is that is so
0: tough, dude. So like I will say this to anyone out there that is going into creative things. First of all, every industry is different. So like every industry is different and every uh creative or type of business that you're applying for is different. So it's like, you can't really blanket anything for it. Unfortunately, like it's not like the business world where it's like the normal business world, like creative businesses are different where it's like the business business world where it's like sales or like not as modern marketing. Cause even modern marketing places, you don't have to wear suits anymore, but it's like businessy business business, right? It's like, you have to wear a suit. You have to wear a suit but it's like creative it's it's so varied where it's like i've applied for jobs before where i showed up in a suit and they were like you are a dickhead you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> it's it was like that's not what you wear here and like we don't do that and like they they were fine with me cuz they knew it was an interview but it's like i showed up in a suit and they're like what are you doing bro like what 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 are you doing in here, here in a suit and then i've also done exactly what you did where i was like these guys aren't going to want me to come in here in a suit. They're going to want me to be real with them. They're going to be blah blah blah. And then I go there in like like still not like whatever, but like I go there not in a suit at all. And they're like they're in a suit and you're like, oh, damn. It's it's really hard with that." And then education is also weird because like there are a ton of jobs in my industry where it's almost a con if you say you have education at all cuz they just don't they so far don't want to hear that like cuz they so don't want you to come in and be like, I have a degree in audio, therefore you have to hire me. It's like, they don't want to hear that at all. Even yeah. if you're not saying that, even if you come in humble as hell and you're not like, hey, I have a degree from Berkeley or whatever, you need to hire me. Even if you're, you're not putting off that vibe at all, it's like by you being like starting off the interview and in conversation, be like, hey, have a degree from Berkeley, blah, blah, blah. They Sometimes people are like really defensive against that because they've had so many assholes come in and be like, I need to have this job because I've had this so there sometimes it's like bad to mention you have a degree in creative things at all, and like I'll like I never talk about it unless yeah. it's it's on the, it's on the resume. Yeah. But like I talk about shit that I've done if, if there's anything that I have for advice for interviews and creative out there, it's like, talk about the shit that you've done that matters, and then you can put that stuff on your resume because that's a normal thing that would be on your resume, but it's just like, just talk about results. That's what people care about. they just want results they want to know who you are and if they can deal with you or if you're going to make their life better or worse. And like the rest of it is all like in the mud, man. It's just a different, this is such a weird, it's so weird and hard to predict like what, how each interview in in this type of industries are. It's weird stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I usually just show up now with at least like a shirt and tie and a pair of suit pants. Like I, uh, that's just the thing. I mean, either way, it's like it shows it. It shows that you care to whoever it is that you're. Respect. Like I think the dude, that particular guy, just thought I just like showed up and I I was not prepared, and you need to be prepared. And he was also kind of rude. Like I feel like you know that showed me that sometimes just like you're gonna show up to a job interview and you know right away it's just not gonna be good and it's yeah. not gonna work out. So yeah. that was also a valuable lesson as well. Um. Now, I think the the deal is they want to see that you have experience, and it, that was the hardest part when you were just graduating from college because you didn't have experience, yeah. and they instantly would just like write you off. And I'm not like that the best dude in a, in an interview setting because I, I get anxious and I should put my foot in my mouth and and stop talking. Like I don't know when to stop talking, and I say things. And they they come off sounding wrong just because i'm I'm nervous, right, and uh the key is, I guess, is that like know that you can do the work, like the fact that you got the interview means that they're interested in you, right, and that's the whole thing, like if you show up there thinking like you're you're in the back of your mind, you're like, maybe I'm not good enough for this, or like, "Oh geez, like this is a lot, you just you You just got to realize that you're there for a reason, you know? And they like you. So that's the whole thing.
0: Flip side to that, Cody, would be what is the best thing that you've done along the way? 10 out of 10 would recommend this to people to do that. Like, hey, I'm so pumped I did this.
1: Definitely just be, just be like confident in the things that you do and be very precise and present the in the best way you can like presentation is everything and sending things out a step above like when i sent you the first batch of designs they were just on black shirts i feel like part of the thing is i was doing it that way just to show you the designs but i think the thing that really makes people go oh shit is when you like Go above and beyond. So when I sent you that spread of all the different colors, the different garments, and you're like, wow, this, I, well, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that you're like, wow, this, this is, this is cool that you went this far and did all these different colors, different shirts, different types of. And I thought about the garments like themselves, like how they would look printed on, you know, like a, like a tie dye shirt and this and that. Like that goes far with people. Yes. And I think that's super important, making a spread. Uh, making any kind of design like going all out and just not like killing yourself but like making sure that you go a little like it's like uh under promise and over deliver that's the key right there
0: that's really important in any creative anything dude timelines quality of work like Anything, man. I've tried to get better about timelines. That's been a big thing to me is like, I just say yes. I'm just like, yep, I'll, I'll get it done. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm pretty good about still hitting the timeline. But sometimes, man, it's just like, has me stressed and has me like stuff that doesn't like, I make up the people like need it done by a certain time when they, when they ask for it to be done. Like, Hey, I would like to have it done for June or whatever. It's like, sometimes they, they say that. And I have it in my head that, like, if I don't deliver on that, they're going to just be miserable. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they're like, that's fine. I don't really give a shit, you know? And Mm -hmm. it's like to give it the air would be better because then I'm not going to be stressed and I'll be on top of it and spend more time. So that's one thing for me that I've learned for the under promise over deliver is like, I'm trying to get better about estimating timelines out to be like, Hey, this will be to you like another two months past what you said, but like, it's going to be everything that you wanted. We're going to get absolutely everything in and like, I'm going to be chill and not stressed. And that makes me better at what I do. And yeah, I I hear that, man. That's so, that takes time to, that took me time to learn some of those things, but I'm, I'm I'm, I'm on it though. Like, I think that's crucial, man, to people coming back and working with you is like under promise, over deliver huge. Yeah. Yeah. What would be a resource that you'd recommend people check out? Could be a book, a movie, a website, YouTube channel, podcast like what's a good resource it doesn't have to be it can be design it can be working on apparel it can be mindset lifestyle creative anything man like what's some what's some resources you recommend to people
1: for for like life advice i guess uh there's this philosopher his name's alan watts hmm. uh, he's a little out there on eastern philosophy is definitely not the norm um but his mindset on just life in general. I listened to his talks. Like somebody back in the day, I think he was like around in the seventies. Recorded so many of his talks, and um, there have been some really dark times in my life, and they've kind of helped me through it. Wow. Um, just this mindset of uh, universe and and things aligning the way they they should be. Um, so that's a really good one, Alan Watts. He's got like I guess they're they're kind of set up like podcasts before podcasts were a thing. Yeah. And then uh there are a couple books that I got into, um The End of Print from David Carson is a really really good book. Um it shows his process and his his work. On the flip side of that, there's this guy called Aaron Draplin. He's another one of my idols. He did the uh Campaign logo for Obama oh wow, dude,
0: that yeah that, the one that has like the multi colors with the the o the
1: Obama, the low, and the yeah,
0: wow, so I mean
1: killed it right yeah so he his, he's his got was on point, dude when he was in that, yeah, crazy yeah he so he is the exact opposite of Carson, he is you know rules. Uh, he, the thing that he does that I really admire is he goes what he calls picking and he goes and finds, uh, pieces of design, science, stuff like that from like, from the 50s and 60s, things that were done before computers made it streamlined, things that made yes. you, you had to do like hand drawn stuff, you had to map it out. So he's got a book too, which is called Pretty Much Everything. And it's this, it's an actual really good read. Not that the other one isn't an actual really good read. They are both really good reads, but it goes through his whole life. It talks about the call, like how he was just, he worked for a bunch of magazines and then he started his own business. And he talks about getting the call from Obama's people to like actually do the logo for them. And then he wow. does some stuff. There's some other political stuff. Um, yeah. He, and he, meeting him, he's a really freaking nice dude. He's a really nice guy. Um, He's pretty down-to-earth. I mean, when you're at a certain level, you do kind of get this attitude about you, but it was earned. YouTube's a great resource for getting inspiration for things. I mean, school is not completely necessary for design. But I think what, what it helped me do was get an understanding of the fundamentals, get an understanding for the history. It gave me the space and the time to really focus on it. Because I found that being in in that environment really got me laser focused on, you know, cr- like honing in on my craft, and that's that's more important than anything. Is just allowing yourself the time. Yes, we have just...
0: we have the whole episode on the show where we debate out like is college worth it or not, and I think that that was like one of my biggest things on there. Where I I try to stay really neutral on it because I did go to college, but I also shit talk it sometimes. And right in the middle is like, my true opinion is that like, if you need it, do it. If you don't need it, don't do it. It's like, use, use the tools that you need for you because every yeah. person's different to do what yeah. you need. And, and me, I needed an ass kicking, mm-hmm. right? I needed people to be like, yo, you suck at this. You yeah. absolutely suck. And then be like, fuck. And like, just get beaten on. I needed that. I needed uh, like the organization to it. I don't think that I had that organization at that time so i like needed that and then like a lot of the the business courses it's not like they like are like here's how you run a business and make an income as a creator it's like no one like you need like school hard knocks for that and like live mm-hmm. that but like a lot of the principles like forcing me to make a business plan like that mm-hmm. was really helpful to the way that i think now of like the processes and steps that are kind of like embedded to me so like for me that was really helpful. And I don't ever tell people to straight up not go to college yeah, because I went and that was the right thing for me. But there are some people that are naturally thinking the right way or like they already have what they need and they have some type of structure to their life. It's like putting them in the right path. And you're just mm-hmm. like, it seems like you don't need it. So just don't do yeah. that because there's yeah. nothing, no one in the interviews that I'm on is ever talking about that. It's not what
1: it's about. It's like, what did you do? And is yeah. it good? And are you a person? um not to cut you off but david carson never went to college he never knew anything about design he was a professional surfer before he started doing design that's awesome and on the flip side like uh aaron droplet went to school for it but he was already an amazing artist and i mean different paths go i mean for different people but for me it helped me get connections i didn't really know anything about design Before I went to college, so some people already know, and I just kind of I don't I don't want to say fell into it, but once that door opened for me, and I realized that it was a career that I could do, I I went right into it, and I've you know fully jumped into it, and I needed college to help me see that.
0: Yeah, I get that. Last question, man, is the easiest.
1: Where do people keep
0: up with Cody Weimar?
1: Yeah, um, so. I have a website, uh, designedbycody.net, where it's basically just a way to see uh, my process and things that I've I've been doing. I do need to update that more often. (laughs) Uh, but I am, it is hard
0: to keep up with it. It's really tough.
1: And then I have a Instagram design, it's um, abandoned, abandoned x arts. And I post there regularly, almost every day. Um, You can also get in touch with me there uh, a little quicker. Yeah, uh, I used to have like a YouTube channel where I played guitar and, and stuff like that, but I haven't really used it much. So basically, those are the two main things. I got a website and I have um, Instagram and I use those as the two main things. Sweet,
0: man. So for people out there, those will be in the show notes, wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes. Or if you're listening on like a podcast app or something, they'll be down in those show notes, like right on the app. But uh Cody, thank you for being on, man. Thank you for being on the show and obviously really excited for everyone out there to see what this gentleman is helping me create as like an apparel line for creative freelancers and entrepreneurs out there. This is going to be fun to uh to get out to all of you. You just pay attention to some of the social and and uh you'll see when that's actually being introduced cuz we still have a lot that we're working on with it, but um Thank you for being on, man. Thank you for working with me on all this stuff
1: no, thank you for for having me on here uh thank you for letting me work with you on this brand. It's been a lot of fun. I can't wait to see it actually up there. I got a chance to actually do things that like i mean yes there there was a little bit of back and forth, but these are these are pieces that I really just kind of went for it and uh it's really it's that's the best stuff to do so i'm super stoked to see these uh and and to have people be able to get them and support support the both of us
0: yeah dude hell yeah cool all right well thank you people who have been on instagram thank you people who are on facebook right now people who are tuning into this show if you like this stuff this is out every every thursday night i'm live at this time seven thirty to eight thirty, with cool people like cody or uh if you are just tagging in right now you want to like hear this whole conversation this will be out as a podcast on tuesday at 6 a.m on all podcast platforms you can hear it as like a podcast and here maybe a, a goon and, and blabber on about stuff so thank you guys for tuning in live <music>